When you edit this and produce this, make me tan and skinny. <laughs> Figure it out. Considering nobody can see you, sure. We'll do whatever you Done. want. Done. <laughs> Happy hour from 4 to 6 daily in our bar. Handcrafted cocktails at Tommy's. <laughs> the whitest tropical place you'll be in New York. Appreciate a good cocktail named Painkiller anywhere. <laughs> you will wake up in pain after this drink. <laughs> But I don't know how New York ever got to like, yeah, $9 is a good price for happy hour. Like, what? We're only going to be eating out of the happy hour menu. Because <laughs> I'm cheap. <laughs> it's just really weird that I find myself here all the time and I'm like, what? yourself something funky. So, let's get this party started. Let's get this party started. It is Friday night in New York City, and there's a quiet storm outside. You know, I don't... Uh, you run this podcast. <laughs> you already got this. You know, nothing I could say would be better than no what you No way. Say, I'm sure so. you've never done as much editing as you will do this weekend. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Happy Hour with Friends. My name is Rich, and I am with the one and only... Jai Vargas from The Latinista. Very nice. Okay, so Jai, first of all, that's not your full name. It's not. What's your full not. name? So my full name is actually Jaindi. Okay. Jaindi. And, and where does that come from? Where so I actually hail from the Dominican Republic. Woohoo! Yes. And uh, my name comes from Taino tribes, okay. who are the first Indian settlers of the Dominican Republic. Very so it's nice. a very strong and actually a pretty common name in Dominican Republic. Okay. So I have a, a lot of friend requests on Facebook <laughs> from a girl's name, Jaindi, coming from the Dominican Republic that want to be friends with some girl in New York named Jai. Just they yeah? have the same name. All right. So you're basically DR royalty here. I, I pretty much am. Yeah. And you know what? And my name means princess. Excuse me. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll see the pictures on Instagram. She looks like a princess. She behaves like a princess in her royalty, that is. Oh, um, maybe so, on yeah. an island somewhere. <laughs> now, were you born there or did you, were I you born was, here in the U.S.? I was. So okay. I was born in Dominican Republic and uh, I came over to New York by way of Washington Heights, like every other good Dominican out there. Okay. It's a very common passageway. Uh, Washington Heights is very near and dear to my heart, and I came over when I was three, and so it's really where I started in my roots. Yeah. I started understanding the, the New York way, the United States way, and I don't even know if it's possible to remember something from so long ago, from over 30-something years ago, but I feel like I remember the plane ride over okay. from DR. I mean, it's very, it's like your first, yeah. you know, major memory almost. Yeah, so. it was very magical. It was really, really magical. Do you go back often? I do. Oh. I do. Um, I have a lot of family. My mother is one of 10, and my dad is actually one of 21 that oh we know. <laughs> that we know of. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, my grandfather was busy. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a lot of cousins? Do you keep in touch with I any do. of them? I do. I have so many cousins. Yeah. And I'll tell you a funny story, actually. I was in Dominican Republic, let's see, somewhere about 12 years ago. I was in the supermarket. 
with my best friend at the time, and we were just going through the supermarket looking for some groceries for that night to be able to bring back home so that my aunt can cook. Yeah. And I was walking down the aisle, and I saw a man about my father's age, okay. and he was wearing a doctor's coat. And I was just so perplexed because I looked at him, and I saw myself, and he looked exactly like my dad. Okay. And I got a little closer. His doctor's coat said J Vargas. <laughs> Okay. My dad's initial and his last name. So I went up to him and I was like, uh, hola, yo soy Jaindi, ¿me conoces? <laughs> Pretty much, hi, I'm Jai. Do yeah. you know me? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, uh, wait a minute, I think you're my brother's daughter. <laughs> and I was like, you look so much like my dad. There's no way in the world that I could have passed you up. It was unbelievable. Wow. So I ran into this guy that I had never met before that's apparently my, my uncle that looks exactly like my dad. That's insane. It was pretty awesome. And then he was like, oh, come meet my wife and my kids. They're all in the car. And then they drove us home. And then, you know, I kind of rolled up to my aunt's house. And I was like, hey, I met a guy in the supermarket. And he says he's my uncle. Oh, my God. I can't imagine having so much family that I wouldn't know all of them. Literally. That's crazy. Literally. I have so many cousins um, on Instagram. I mean, yeah. when you're international, you use WhatsApp for almost yeah, everything. Exactly. And so I have a number of WhatsApp groups with tons of cousins in the Dominican Republic. And we're not only in the Dominican Republic. I have tons of cousins in in Italy, in Spain, in Greece, all over. Well, you always have someone to crash with then. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. There are Dominicans everywhere. Now, tell me a little bit about this place and how you found it. So, we are actually sitting at Tommy Bahamas, a retail slash restaurant bar, which you probably wouldn't pick out of the lineup because we're on Fifth Avenue right now mm-hmm. and 45th Street, right across from the NBA storm. There are millions of tourists outside and above this very tropical very vacation type store that sells bathing suits all year long and above it is this beautiful restaurant and this restaurant is vacation themed everything on the menu you'll see has a seafood option we've got coconut almost everything has pineapple Mm -hmm. basil grapefruit citrus mojitos It's absolutely delicious. I actually came across this restaurant because a good friend of mine, Kim, actually comes here quite a bit. So every time, almost every week that I'm here, I'll send her a text message and I'll say, Hey, Kim, I'm in town. I'm at Tommy's. I'm upstairs by the usual bar. Um, And the great part about this place is that not only does it have really great food, but... It's got such a chill vibe. Absolutely. So I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a guy playing live guitar, and it's just really nice, especially in New York City when people are so hectic. I feel out of place, but at yeah. the same time, I'm like, this is a nice escape, right, from just the hustle and bustle of New York City. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty special. Definitely. And as long as the cocktails have coconut and mojito and citrus, <laughs> you can close your eyes and just forget about the madness that's going on on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, and I think... It's so appropriate that we got these painkillers because I can slowly start to feel the pain of today just (laughs) going away. (laughs) It's amazing. This drink is called the painkiller. If I remember correctly, it's like a pina colada with a splash of orange juice and nutmeg. It's It's absolutely wonderful. The pain goes away, but if you have one too many, you'll wake up in pain. (laughs) So be careful. Fair warning. Fair warning. (laughs) So we've kind of known each other what? Maybe like really 
about a year kind of professionally? At least, yeah. for sure. Yeah, right? Because it's been over a year that we hung out at our holiday party yes. at this place called The Spin where they yes. had like a whole bunch of different games uh, and I remember you got into a bathtub <laughs> yes yes you heard it here first yellow ping pong balls yes I was not alone in that time. No, you weren't. And I hope that somewhere... There are pictures. Yes, yes. and you will post these pictures because they're amazing. And I, I do have pictures I somewhere on my cloud. I not promise anything. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that's bribery pictures right there. Yeah, that was really kind of the first time that I feel like people really let loose. So at least that's that's where I feel like we kind of really started getting, you know, just uh, familiar with each yeah. other, right? Fast forward, you are actually the founder of... Latinistas, yeah. which is a professional network for women and Hispanic women. Yep, and, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you've been doing all of this stuff, like, in the background, outside of your day job. You know, not only that, you're always going to these networking events. You're so career-driven and ambitious. Instagram, a Facebook, LinkedIn, a little bit of everything. And I'm just like, God, when does she sleep? I don't. Yeah. Actually, I do. I sleep in on the weekends. <laughs> it felt just like one day I woke up and there you were and boom, you're doing all this stuff and all of a sudden we're like hanging out more frequently. So I don't even remember how that all got started. I know. I'm glad though because you've been such a such an amazing component of helping me get my story out there. <laughs> I mean, the skills that you have with your photography, with your videos, the storyteller that you are helps people like me that don't necessarily have the time to focus on creating the story and putting it out there. Yeah. Um, I swear I didn't pay her to say all of that. No, not yet. <laughs> I'm waiting, though. Damn. All right, start writing that shit. <laughs> no, but for real, I really appreciate you because there's people, you know, that haven't yet figured out what they're really good at, and I know that I'm good at helping women understand where their true skill sets are and how to empower themselves and how to understand how to articulate themselves when it comes to their career trajectory. Yeah. That's really what I'm good at. Yeah. Um, I love working with women and just helping them understand that they're meant for so much more than what they think they're capable of. Yeah. Uh, my thing is not social media. I don't really know how to be a storyteller. So when you came into my life by way of our employer, I thought it was fantastic. Because you have really understood the value and the importance of being able to package something like that. Being able to tell a story through it and have people on the other side understand, even in a few seconds... Yeah really what something is made of and the value and the benefits of either embarking on that journey with that other person or really understanding the benefits of perhaps buying a service or a program and that's a lot of what I what I do oh, you know what I would I would give you more credit though because I know you say you're not like great or the best at social media but you are a great storyteller you forget I saw you up there mm -hmm. talking to this group of women the way in which you build it up right and you start to build them up and you start to address the very real concerns that are they're facing every day and how you relate it to your own life you make it personal and then you just it all just kicks off and everybody's so invested and you can just feel their attention on you every second of your your talking that's storytelling right and maybe yeah it, it's you're just so familiar with it in a different context right yeah yeah i'd say so i mean i i do love telling my story and i think the reason why women gravitate so much to our program and our network is because they see themselves in me, yeah. right? I'm, I'm 
not that old yet. I don't think I'll ever consider myself old. Maybe when I get to like 76 and a half, because I live dangerously. I don't even know if I'll get that far. But I just feel like they see themselves in me, especially the demographic and the women, the age that they are. They were able to sort of understand that even if I haven't been through it, yeah. I know people that have, and I'm able to share their stories through my network. But I tell you, man, social media is challenging. Not because I don't understand it, but because, like you said, I do an event every night, and the yeah. last thing I want to do is pick up my phone and post away. You yeah. know, I, I, I don't have time to fix pictures, uh, type everything out. I yeah. My brain is literally fried every yeah. night at 10 p.m. after every single event that I attend. <laughs> um, you know, not only that, I have to prioritize my my emails, the people that are trying to contact me, and so it's challenging for me. I really do feel like I need to get better at it, but I post yeah. every now and then to let people know I'm alive. Yeah. For me, I look at that and I go, well, you know, it really depends on, you're not the kind of person who is like, yes, it would be nice to start building a huge following, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you impact one person's life just through, you know, demonstrating on social media the things that you do, you know, that's a, that's a win, right? And yeah. One becomes Two, two becomes four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also being able to sustain it. I mean, yeah. even even though I don't have a large following right now, I'm very personal with the people that I do work with. The women that are part of the network, are I consider them my friends. I mean, I don't just meet these women and I'm like, okay, great, see you at the next session. I literally text with them, chat with them, talk with them, hang out with them, be with them, eat with them, hang with them. Nice. If I had to keep up with more people in my network uh, on a larger scale, I don't think I could do That's it because be I'm really more about quality than quantity. I just, I really, um, I don't believe in having hundreds of thousands or even thousands of followers. I just, I wouldn't be able to dedicate the personal attention that I really love. I don't yeah. want people ever to look at me as someone on stage that just drives a program and, and, and I don't want people to see me as, as being none other than my genuine self. I want people to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey girl, I had an issue today at work. I really need your help. What do I say to somebody who's been harassing me? Or what do I say to someone who just doesn't understand what I bring to the table? Yeah. I want to be able to do that. I don't want people to be like, oh, talk to her people to get through to her. Yeah. In doing that, do you find that maybe you have to create boundaries sometimes? Do you ever have to compartmentalize, like, this is work and, and, and this is my personal life? You know, it's interesting. I, I haven't yet. Okay. I probably will have to once the network gets bigger. But I really do have everyone's cell phone number. I mean, if you looked at my phone, it's like... I'm sure. That's why I always keep my phone on mute, because I literally go crazy when I hear it dinging mm. every second. Um, I think I will have to in the future once it gets too much yeah. or, or, or too big to keep connected to. Yeah. But right now, I love being able to just be like, hey, girl, what's going on? Where have you been? I haven't seen you. I'm watching you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see your profile. What are you doing on LinkedIn? I saw that article you posted. You forgot to add a picture. So, what made you just say, this is what I want to be doing yeah. for the rest of my life? Gosh, it's almost been about five and a half years. And I started this network for Latina professionals because I was attending some really high-profile conferences mm -hmm. that work was paying for. Okay. And I met a lot of women that were my age and maybe even a little bit older that were attending these conferences but paying out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was sort of like... Gosh, you paid like 300 bucks a night for the hotel to be here. Registration for the conference alone is 1800. Most of the food is usually included. 
but we go out every night, right? And and depending on where the conference is, there are always activities or entertainment. And so I started thinking, like, wow, these women are working in big corporations. And the corporations either don't see the value in providing these professional development conferences for these women, or, you know, which is a lot of the majority, these women don't have the courage to, number one, ask their employer or even tee up the conversation about why their employer should be investing in their professional development. Because at the end of the day, the employer is benefiting from everything that this employee is learning at these conferences. And so I was sort of beside myself as to how these women were digging into their own pockets and paying for these conferences. And I was like, no, I've got to create a group where I can share some tips on how to have that conversation with your employer, how to ask for that money, and really set it up in a way where, look, I'm going to be attending this conference, and it's all going to come back to the team because I'm going to I'm going to debrief you. You're going to learn everything that I learned, and I'm going to tell you how perhaps maybe next year we can all go or how it could have been better. So that sort of lit the fire under me, and, and I've got some really great role models that... I tap into to be able to empower these women. So it's definitely not about me, but I've got a really great network of people that I can call upon that encourage these women to just step into the game and be like, no, I deserve this. You will pay for this. And if you're not going to invest in this, then you know what? Maybe you don't, you don't envision much for me here at this organization. Mm, Yeah. You have to know your worth. So then when you're not so on, because you are very on, what do you do? Yeah, what? man, I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, I feel like sometimes I think physically, yes, I'm tired. But I've always had this inner energy that always kept me going. Yeah. Like just having a conversation that's colorful and creative and dynamic with someone that I don't know. Like, I know that your parents probably tell you all the time, don't talk to stranger. It's my absolute favorite thing to do in the world. Oh, my God. I must message about 20 to 30 strangers a day on LinkedIn because I just love talking to strangers. I get on the phone in like five minutes with a complete stranger halfway across the world just because I I just find it fascinating to learn about what someone else is doing and how I can figure out how to be of help to them. I think it's just so cool. I literally just like lay it all out on the line and I'm like, hey, this is what I do. What can I do for you? It's all about reciprocity, right? So you put it out there and then the person's like, okay, that's really cool. Here's what I do. I can actually do this for you. And it's tit for tat kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely love talking to strangers. (laughs) And sometimes I write them off. Some people have you know, sort of backed me in a corner sometimes and sometimes they'll trick me. So for example, when someone reaches out to you on LinkedIn and it's like super genuine and they're like, hey, I see all the great work that you're doing. I'd love to connect. Why don't we get on the phone? And I'm like, that's cool. I number one, connect with them. I review their profile. I see if there are points of intersection where I can say, right yeah i see myself helping this person and x y and z i'm gonna ask them about this and it looks like they're connected to this person that i need to meet all right i'll take the conversation but sometimes and it actually happened to me this week but i'll tell you how i spun that (laughs) and so this woman reached out to me 
by way of someone else that connected me, and she worked at a multicultural agency, okay. right? And she said, hey, I love the work that you're doing with Latinista. I'd love to be able to help you in some way. Why don't you come on in and we'll talk about this and yeah. just tell me a lot more about what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, great. Absolutely. Her office is just right by mine. Yeah. I'll make the time. Took me a couple weeks um, to get over there, and uh, I got over there. And I automatically knew that she wasn't genuine about what she was asking me for. Okay. She wasn't genuinely interested in what I was doing with Latinista. She actually wanted to know how my current employer could be a client of hers. Oh, And so out. she was pivoting a lot more towards, so what do you guys do in media? Yeah. How much money do you spend in this? Uh, what agency do you use? How can we get in there? And automatically I knew that and I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you reached out to me to hear about what I'm doing with Latinista. That's the conversation that I'd love to have. If you want to do business with my employer, you I, you can reach out to someone there. I won't be able to connect you. Oh but if you God. want to know how you can help me, and I laid it out. It was like, I could be a spokesperson for any one of your clients. I already looked at your roster. Yeah. I said, this is how you can help me. I know that you're interested in probably working with my employer and getting this contract. Yeah. I, I won't be able to connect you with anyone there. Wow. And yeah, I've been there for eight years. I know most of the people there, and I could connect it with someone, but... Yeah, but it's the principle of it, you know? Exactly. I knew, I, I knew that as soon as she started bringing up those questions, I was like, this chick is shady. That was so not cool. She played me. She played me. This chick is shady. Yep. She won't live that one down, though. I got, I got, I got a whole list of people that, that, that have it coming. Life is interesting on LinkedIn. I love what you do with this podcast, by the way. You know, I've always been so scared of podcasts because I hate my voice. I already told you, you have a great voice. Oh, I gosh. mean, I recorded a little bit of that beginning where you were just testing out the mic. It sounds great. So No, it, it gets better after one or two painkillers. <laughs> it does. All right, stay tuned. We're going to have uh, one or two more painkillers, and we'll see how totally. great this podcast gets with Jai. I haven't listen to many podcasts but what's like the most popular out there i don't i don't know much it depends i mean i like listening to a lot of the ones produced by wnyc you know like oh. uh, uh freakonomics or uh, oh i Death, heard of that Sex one well they have that book so yeah. i guess they have a podcast yeah and they they really they do it really well i mean they start off in radio so they really know how to get oh. a listener's attention um but for me, it's kind of like, I think of my audience as the people who are home on the weekend, yeah. they're, you know, casually having a drink or having friends over, and maybe you want to throw this on. If you're a commuter, that's cool, too. Like, you know, you're I going to work, that. it's dreary, you're 9 to 5, and you want to just laugh the shit out of your commute yeah. because people are having a drink somewhere in a bar, and you're listening in on their conversation. In the right? madness of New York City. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I'm still sort of walking that fine line, determining really what I want this to be. Yeah. But the feedback that I've gotten so much right now is that what we like about it is that it's the people you bring on aren't like the like authorities on yeah. something and you know they're completely relatable you know and just normal ass people exactly it's like you hear them talking about their struggles and their ambitions and traveling you know so I love that I love that and I take part in a lot of panel discussions I was yeah. at one last night and it went really well but sometimes they're so structured right so they send me the list of questions they tell me exactly which questions I need to prepare for. Yeah. I prepare my answer. You know, and 
I have to say, I go to an event almost every night, and when I'm at those panel discussions and I'm in the audience, I'm just so bored out of my mind because it's so scripted. Yeah. And there's no interaction. There's no time for me to be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Let me raise my hand and say, like, what I think about that particular question or topic if yeah. I'm in the audience. So sometimes they're just too scripted and just by the time they get to the Q&A, it's like an hour after the event yeah. has gone on. And you're so tired, yeah. so bored, so disconnected that you're like, can I just get out of here? <laughs> so I love the fact that this is just a free-for-all and it's just yeah. chill. So maybe one day we'll be recording this uh, at a Tommy Bahamas in Hawaii or something. Right now it's kind of like, okay, these are all my friends in the New York area or who are visiting from other places, but in New York, yeah, I would love to take this on the road. Like I'm, yeah, you know, I'm planning on traveling at the end of March. I want to do a podcast. Oh my god, you're going to London? Yes. Why? I would challenge you to meet a complete stranger online and set up a podcast interview while you're there. Okay. Maybe I'll hook you up with my cousin. He's got some great content. Nice. Does your cousin speak with a British accent? Not yet. It's like a diminished British. A diminished. Diminished. Like diminished. Dominican. That's yeah. funny. You'll love it there. I've never been to London. People love it. Everyone that I speak to, they're like, you think you don't like it, and then when you get there, you're like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. But I'm 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 such a I like going on vacations that get me out of my comfort zone. I don't want to speak the language. Yeah. You know, some of my vacations I've been like, Machu Picchu was amazing, and I'd probably go there again. Okay. But I feel such a comfort level being able to speak the language that for me it's like, I feel like I'm in my back, backyard. Vacation. I'm yeah. like, what is this? This is normal. Yeah. Actually, even when I went to Africa, I went to Tanzania nice. and what Zanzibar, and everybody's speaking English, like, hey, what's up? You know yeah. Obama? Like, what's up with oh, Beyonce? You know and I was like, I'm, <laughs> what? You're not best friends with them? I mean, not, not, not anymore. <laughs> Ever since he been left a the minute. office. <laughs> I like going to places where I'm outside of my comfort zone and I can actually challenge myself. Yeah. But it is kind of tricky, too, because I've been to France, and okay. I didn't know the language, and I was like, damn, can yeah. I just get some fries? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's up? Can I get some frites? There you go. <laughs> no, I don't want any. Yeah, you know can I? Oh, my God. My biggest pet peeve about France. Like, I like France, but when I was there, it was November, and it was raining. <laughs> my biggest pet peeve, like, I'm an avid coffee drinker. Okay. Like... I'm like latte VIP. Yeah. Like when I walk up into Dunkin' Donuts, they know me. They know, <laughs> they know they me. They're ready. like, "Hey, girl, what's up? Here you go. You like one or two you're this good." Time. <laughs> and when I was in France, they have this small ass coffee, and I'm it's like, "Called an espresso." Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Like, give me seven of those. <laughs> and so I would literally hand gesture, give me very big coffee, tall coffee, Grand. the biggest coffee, all of the coffee. You know, and they charge me some like six euros and it was still like <laughs> half a cup and I was like this is just not acceptable listen I need to mount my own business here and it's gonna be like <laughs> no because you gotta know the culture everywhere else in the world yeah but I'm trying well, to 
can't find a business opportunity for everything. I need a damn latte when I'm in France. It's portion control, all right? No. That's why they're so thin and skinny Especially if I'm going to be walking around Paris for like 12 hours. I need a latte. Oh, man. That's hilarious. I always try to find like business opportunities. I'm like, hmm. It looks like they need pancakes here. Where was I the other day? You guys need an IHOP here in France. What are you doing with your life? Exactly. These Americans are, they're an interesting species, man. I'm going to tell you, don't hate on IHOP. They got a lot of clout. When you're an American and you're in like Zimbabwe and you're in a pinch and you're like, damn, I just need some like normal ass regular food. As from she the slams States. her hand on the table. Yeah. <laughs> you just need like a triple stack of pancakes. You'll be lucky to be like, oh, I'm home. Okay, great. Wow. I met a, I met a guy who's in the military the other day on a flight. And he had been in Djibouti, Africa for eight months. And he was like, I cannot wait to go to Denny's. And I was like, yeah, man. That's what the American dream is all about. (laughs) As I roll my eyes. Wow, that's a very specific (laughs) craving right there. I was like, this I don't remember guy's the last lit. time I went to Denny's. No. Oh my god. Actually, the last time I went to Denny's, there's one on the Vegas Strip. Okay. And it's like 8 a.m. and people are like <laughs> funneling cocktails at 8 a.m. Wow. And I am not. I mean, that that is true. I will say, when I went to Japan just last year, I couldn't get enough of sushi. It's oh, like wow. you know, go everywhere, you eat fish, everything. You know, it's all fresh. It's delicious. Wow. I was like, you know what? I could do this the rest of my life. Screw that. Wow. I came back to the U.S. feeling all bougie, like, you know, I need a good ramen spot. I need a good Ooh, sushi place, yes. you know. And I was doing that for, like, a, like two, three weeks. I was like, yes. And then something just switched off in me. I was like, fuck this. I need a triple-decker burger no <laughs> with some way. fries and a shake you on the, the king. side. <laughs> you called the king. You were like, yo. Yeah. They, like, you got to hook me up because... Actually, this we work across from it. the original Shake Shack, so I hope you went there. The one in Madison Square Park. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I've yeah. done that a couple of times oh, already. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's the original one. <laughs> we got to order some food. I know. It's, it's like we've already passed the happy hour really here, wanna... but I think they didn't want to interrupt us here. Yeah, so. I think they saw like the whole production and they are like... <laughs> like, no, it's okay. We can stuff our faces and talk <laughs> on the microphone at the same time. Definitely. So it's like loosening up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell him. He's Hi. like, don't call we me over. We a while ago, and we haven't been able to order. Can we order something? Sure. Yeah, Thank you. Oh, you, you'll take it? I can take it for you. Okay. I'm the bartender. What do you want to eat? Um, everything that is fish-related. Yay! So we'll do the ahi tuna tacos, okay. and we'll do the blackened fish tacos. What else? Oh, that should be good to start, yeah. right? Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, they're really good. Ahi tuna tacos. And what was the other one? And the blackened fish tacos. Blackened fish tacos. And no, I don't eat tacos every day because I'm Dominican, not Mexican. Oh, wow. You know, I wasn't going to be the one to say that, but uh, since you brought it up. But it's interesting. Actually, I had someone a very long time ago. I was in a business meeting, and they were like, hey, we're going to go to Mexican food tonight. And we were traveling at these big conferences. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to that Mexican restaurant. I don't like Mexican food. <laughs> this guy had the nerve to be like, what are you talking about? You're Latina. How do you not like Mexican food? Aren't you Mexican? Oh, my God. And I was like, like boy, wow. bye. <laughs> No. First of all, I'm Dominican, and I've never, like, had more than three tacos in my life. 
<laughs> are you or serious? a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No. What do you think ah. I am? And I'm in New York. Like, I'm not in California. It was just crazy. And he was just blown away how... Uh, blown away by me not liking Mexican food. And I was like... Yeah. I didn't grow up with Mexicans. Like, I'm Dominican. I have yeah. no idea. Rice and beans is my thing. Yeah. As a little white boy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you faced any sort of, like, uh, stereotyping or discrimination like that, you know? I think so. I mean, you know, and, and most of the people, like, the general population knows, like, Big Poppy or something, yes. like the baseball players, and <laughs> yeah. they're like, that's a true yeah. damn Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the real Dominicanness. Yeah. And then when they see me, they're like, wow, you're so well-spoken. Oh, you know, you I know. get that too. Wow, but your too. hair is so fine and yeah. straight. Wow. Oh, wow, but you're not, you don't, and I'm like, no, I was like legit born there. Yeah. Like, both of my parents are from, wait, why am I convincing you? <laughs> right, I, I'm just. And a lot my... of my cousins are actually blonde with blue eyes. Really? But just like any country, you know, yeah, you yeah. could be African and blonde with blue eyes. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. There are. Some and of those. so, but it's hard for people to see that. And so, I've faced a lot of like micro. I, I don't think anybody has ever. I think it's been more of like uh, they're just ignorant. Yeah. And they haven't met other people like me. Yeah. So. You, being a woman, being a Latina. And running this organization that is professional networking for Latinas. Do you think that kind of... Do you think that's going to be a little bit of an inhibitor? Or do you think that's going to have some some sort of connotation behind it when you're looking to work with bigger companies or bigger, you know, entities and find funding and stuff like, do you think that race or anything's going to have a No, so I actually flip that and I use that to my advantage because a lot of the times these big corporations and big companies, they don't know what to do with these Latinas. Mm. They really don't know how to develop them, how to be better for them and how to cultivate their talent. So I come from an angle that's pretty much letting them know we've figured out how to develop these women because we understand where they're coming from and their experiences. You clearly can't do that internally, yeah. so why don't you invest, send them to our workshops, yeah. and we'll take care of it. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, you're not going to be able to figure this out. Yeah. I am one. I have figured it out, and I've gone through it. Yeah. And we've got about five and a half years. It's not a long time, but five and a half years of experience with teaching women mm -hmm. how to better themselves and really learning how to play the political game of the corporate world. Yeah. Which sometimes that's what you have to learn. Absolutely. To get ahead in life. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, a lot of times these corporations are like, oh, but we have some programs here that will help Latinos get ahead. And I'm like, yeah. really? Tell me more about that. <laughs> Who's leading that? Right. Oh, you know. Yeah. Becky? That person, yeah. <laughs> Becky is not really understanding where we're coming from. She doesn't understand why these women have their heads down and just working really hard and then six years later are super frustrated about why they haven't gotten a raise. Number one, because they don't ask for it and number two because at this point the time has just come and gone yeah and so a lot of the times we we develop these workshops and that's really our angle is helping these organizations understand that you can't do it we can do it because we are it and we've figured out most of it not all of it because it's always evolving 
um, you know, and the biggest challenge is, is encouraging these women to stay in corporate America because the pressure is so real. Yeah. And sometimes they just give up because it's so hard and people just don't understand them. They'd rather just not even deal with it. That's why there's such a boom in women being entrepreneurs and just setting up their own businesses because they're like, you know what, this political BS, I'm not dealing with it and yeah. I'm just done with being beaten on. I'm just going to go build my own thing and let's see if I can make it. And most of the time they do. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's a shame. I wish more women could stay in the corporate world, but at the same time, I love the fact that they have the ability to be able to just build their own company Absolutely. and empower other women or men and men yeah. to be able to help them build this. Well, uh, the food is here, the so feel here free to awesome. dig into it. I don't stand on ceremony. I talk and I, you know, and I eat at the same time, awesome. and it's all captured on the mic. So. Yeah. Well, I have to give you one of these. Yes, and I have to share this with you as well. Ah. Which one's the ahi and which one's the blackened? I wonder. Maybe this is the blackened. Oh. Oh, that one is the ahi tuna this tacos. Is the ahi tuna. Yeah. It's pretty good. You like it? Yeah, I love it. It's so fresh. Describe it for me. The flavor, so, the taste, the texture. I'm not a huge fan. I mean... I do like spicy food, but my tolerance is not as great as many other people out there. There's like a, a specific zing to it. Okay. So it's not strong, but it's it's potent enough to keep you interested. But they've got some tomatoes in there. They've got some basil in there. I think yeah. they've got some relish in there. I don't know what it is, but it's pretty good, and it's... I wouldn't call this spicy. It's like a comfortable spice. Yeah, it's, it's like a tang. Yeah. It's good, though. It's really good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's not an uncomfortable... I, I don't understand those people that go to, like, those wing <laughs> spots, and they're like, yeah, let me get, like, Give the 27. Give me the ones. Yeah. <laughs> let me get level 9. And then they're, like, sweating and throwing up at the same time. It's like, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that to your body? How do you even enjoy a meal when you're, like, sweating profusely and throwing up almost at the same time? It's like, really? Is this enjoyable to you? Don't do that. I will say, back home, we definitely do have those meals where you start breaking out oh into a sweat. Goodness. you got to have your handkerchief with That's you. That's <laughs> serious. And in, in the so Ghana good. heat, the it's, Ghana heat yes, is no joke. Yes, the heat on top of that is... What? <laughs> That's insane. So what, if any, what would be your motto for life? You know, I say this a lot. It's not that serious. Some people are so stressed out and so bogged down by the pettiness of either of 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 the corporate world of the politics of of what's going on that you think is so big with either your relationship the most important thing in life is your health if you don't have your health you're going nowhere yeah and so most of the time i'm thinking you know when people are stressing out i'm like it's really not that serious yeah. unless it has to do with your health it is not that serious have you ever gotten to a point where you're just like why am I doing all of this? Why am I working so hard? Why am I pushing myself so much? Have you ever gotten to that point? Hmm. You know, everything that I do, especially with Latinista, it all comes from a place of, of just pure joy, of just pure wanting to be happy. 
And even if it's not successful in many people's eyes, as long as I'm having fun while I'm doing it, that's really all that matters. A lot of people are like, you're not making any money. Where's your business plan? What's going on? And I'm like, no. You know, because what if I was making money and then these people didn't like me? You know, what if I was making money and I wasn't happy? And so to me, um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just don't take things so seriously. They don't they don't get me down. They don't weigh me down. Yeah. And some people, it bothers people because they're like, this is really important. How could you not be upset? And I'm like, I'm good. I don't, you know, I'm not struck in with a debilitating illness. I'm good. And so I don't know. I just, I've, I've, I've never, and I've met some people with some amazing work ethic. I mean, people that just don't stop and don't sleep for someone else, though. Right? And that's when I started thinking to myself, like, what is all that for? Imagine the amount of energy and passion that you could pour into yourself and developing yourself. How amazing would you be? And so I sort of always keep that in perspective and just work on myself and just worry about being happy. I don't, I don't, I, I've, I've been in a position where I've, I've, I've made a lot of money, but I didn't want to walk into that office. And it's just absolutely the worst feeling in the world. And no money in the world was going to make me stop crying that day. And so I said to myself, no, there's something else to this. And so I try to keep that in mind. And I have a lot of really great friends. So if I ever needed a place to crash, they've got some big houses. <laughs> that is one of the best responses to that question I've ever heard. Jai, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a blast. My first podcast. All right, guys. It's been another episode of Happy Hour with Friends. This is Rich, and I've been talking to Jai. And this is episode 10. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you later. Bye. And now you've got yourself something funky. Um.